0: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is the best. We have one of my absolute favorite guests on the show today, but before we get to that, I have to ask you to do me a huge favor. Go to our Facebook or Instagram, give us a follow. If you're listening on an Apple iOS device, please leave us a review at applepodcast.com. That really helps us gain traction, really helps us get listens. It's very, very useful. So thanks for doing that. Today's show is brought to you by Supergrip atv tires the infamous canine uh the more tires they get in the faster they go off the shelf so if you have a set consider yourself lucky if you're like me i've had a set for a little while i run the standard compound kevlar option which is the toughest tire on the market i've put it through its paces and let me tell you the tire is an anomaly every single time i think it will have issues every single time I expect it to lose traction. It surprises me over and over again. One thing that's really unique, and I say it every single episode just about is, the standard compound isn't the softest tire in the entire world. It's definitely not the most firm. There are plenty of other tires out there that have harder rubber, but it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I would air more towards the firm side. However, when you really air them down, you get them going, uh, they don't slip. They act like a sticky tire. It truly is something to behold. Uh, you get them spinning just a little bit and anything loose, and they act like a very, very soft tire. But on rocks, however, the one-inch tread depths and eight ply sidewalls allow you to run extremely low air pressure uh, and have an it's like having your hand grab the rock and throw your car over the you know over the obstacle. It truly is amazing. Um, when I'm on rocks, when I'm on ledges and things like that, combined with a little bit of momentum, I barely even slip a tire. Supergrip ATV K9 tires will be my choice tire for the remainder of my UTV career. I will tell you this right here. Um, if you cannot afford the Kevlar option, which I is my high recommendation, uh, then I would recommend that you choose the regular radial belt, um, nylon belt uh, option there excellent tire and an excellent company to deal with the hardest part is getting your set getting your hands on a set and as the world continues to go back to normal you'll find that they come back in stock super grip atv k9s available in a 27 30 32 and 35 should be available right now at your favorite retailer and if they're sold out there's more shipments coming soon excuse me Another sponsor of our show is Dynojet Research Inc. Dynojet sent me a Power Vision 3 tuner. I want to do some highlights about that because not only did it give me more horsepower, it gave me better shift points, it gave me better fuel economy, but it also allowed me to write my own tune. The cool thing about it is you can essentially data log your machine. So I've taken it on a couple rides. I have the data logging option on. I've hooked it up to my computer just to see all of the, you know, software mechanical side of everything that's happening. If I wanted more power in a certain band of the power range, if I wanted to make an adjustment, they have open software, or excuse me, open source software for you to customize tunes. And even if you're not interested in doing that yourself, you can always reach out to Dynojet, tell them what you want, change the shift points, more power at the low end of the pedal, Whatever it may be, you can request it from Dinojet and they'll make the adjustments and then send a tune back to you and get you squared away. Dinojet Research Inc. on uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can always reach out to Dinojet Matt. He's an excellent representative of that company and he will have all the answers that you need. Dinojet Research Inc. proud to have them on the show. The third sponsor is Infinite Off Road. Infinite Off Road has been with us since the very beginning. They have light bars, light pods, whips, wheel rings, rock lights, uh, mirrors with lights in them. I mean, I don't really know everything they have in terms of lighting solutions, but they've got it if you need it. Um, One one thing that's really neat about the company is obviously their 25 year, you break it, they fix it warranty, even covering accidental damage. But um, they now carry their own version of the Switch Pro's switch panel. Um, this is something, if you're like me, I haven't necessarily run out of real estate yet on my dash to wire up buttons, but I have a bit of a cluster mess on my uh, relays for my accessory relay or my accessory terminal, my power terminals. Uh, it's not out of hand by any means, but it's definitely precarious. It's getting a little out of hand. It's getting a little wild. So the situation has presumed itself to where I need a... Uh, a, a a box that's going to do all of the wiring basically for me. Uh what Infinite Offroad has done is they've come up with their own version that now is a much more reasonable price always backed by that 25-year warranty. Um, very glad to have Infinite Offroad on as a sponsor, and they're glad to be on the show as well. They echo their happiness with the show with a 10% off the entire website coupon, uh, code word rocks at checkout R O C K S. Uh, we'll give you 10% off the entire website, and I highly recommend you check them out, and highly recommend you use that. Share that coupon code with your friends. Do whatever you need to do. InfiniteOffroad.com. Also, not to mention. All Things UTV. Everything for your UTV that wasn't mentioned already, All Things UTV can carry it. They're actually where I prefer to get my tires and wheels. Um, Their inner fender liners are custom made in-house. They basically protect uh, the vehicle from any foreign objects that may be entering the vehicle. it's it's great it really 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 is is an excellent people to deal with in terms of shipping time customer service availability they have everything you need as well as they are home of the razor aid tender spring upgrade that tender spring upgrade is the one of the very first things that you should do to your car to get some of that usable suspension back out of your dual rate system. It eliminates the collapsed tender that's currently on your vehicle and really livens up the suspension and gives you an 80% ride improvement quality. I would highly recommend you check out All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram, allthingsutv.com. All right, bills are paid. Anthony Yant from No Respect Racing is in the house today and let me tell you, he dropped some bombs. So I'm just going to let it roll and he puts some good information out there, probably some information he shouldn't have said. So uh, a lot of really cool things coming for the future of all UTV and rock balancing. Just really cool stuff coming. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Yant.
1: Get a drink and gather round. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks.
0: Anthony Yant, we are live.
1: Hey, Jesse. Good to see you again.
0: Good to see you, my friend. Uh, First things first, beautiful buggy back there. Absolutely oh, beautiful. Just old Ultra
1: Four junk. That's what I'm telling everybody anyway.
0: <laughs> so uh what have you been doing? Because the last thing that I heard is you were in retirement.
1: So that was the, the, not necessarily retirement. Take a year or two off. Okay. And uh, that went well until uh, you kept bugging me during Hammers Week.
0: That's and right. I sure did.
1: <laughs> that kind of, kind of. I don't know got the itch going again missing hammers was uh first year in a long time we haven't been hammers mm-hmm. and sitting at home watching it i mean it was it was really getting to me so yeah. it didn't help you were bugging me in the background at the same time
0: <laughs> yeah and uh so for those who don't know uh what was i bugging you about go ahead and let everybody know
1: oh you got my rs1 there and you had it for a while but uh you were wanting to go to a two-seat to share the experience
0: and yep so
1: yeah you were trying to get rid of it and I wasn't really wanting it back, but uh, I think it's cool <laughs> to yeah. maybe potentially be the first one to finish King of Hammers single seat side by side. So that's what we're going to try next year. Well, now. that's
0: that's exciting, and that even that you know we jumped on down the interview there. But uh, <laughs> let's let's start at King of Hammers before we get into the new car and your twenty twenty one plans, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, wh- what did you think of King of Hammers? It was, it was different this year. It was a little controversial, I feel like. A lot of people had some strong opinions.
1: Well, I don't know. It, it kind of varies year to year. Uh, normally, mm-hmm. it's it seems to be a little tougher than what they lay out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, letting every bypass opens new. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always had some form of VCP or something that you have to hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Some people say it favored the can Some say it didn't. Either way, if everybody's racing the same thing, it's still the race. Yeah. So, yeah, agree, that's agree. I look at
0: what do you think about the UTV in the forty four hundred class?
1: He's got bigger balls than me.
0: That's fact. That's that's true for me. I'll say it like that. Uh, what? <laughs> no, Millett,
1: they're they're both both them brothers are uh, top class drivers, and mm-hmm. uh, their cars are a little built. I won't say they're forty four hundred built, but mm-hmm. hey, if they they want to go for it, go for it. Uh, Dave Cole actually asked me to. That uh, gray buggy I had, that gray mm-hmm. chassis, we were at Dirty Turtle. He asked me to uh, enter the 4,400 class, and I said, hell no. Yeah. Uh, I actually qualified the 4,400 class just to qualify it. I don't know, 13th, mm-hmm. 14th, not very good. But uh, he was, Dave was even going to pay my entry fee if I just run against the 4,400 cars. And I, I didn't want to no know a part of it, especially in the tight
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh Well, let me ask you this. Uh, One of the kind of undercover highlights of the entire King of Hammers last year was the Intimidator UTV vehicle that was out there. Um, It kind of flew under the radar. Mad Ram did a little video about it. I'm not sure how much traction actually came out about it. Um, But that Intimidator UTV, it's an IFS full width axle in the rear. Do you know much about that car? Is there anything more you can tell us about it?
1: I know quite a bit about it. I don't I don't know the where, where it's actually gonna go from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're having some uh, separation between builder and company and mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, but I wouldn't really call it a UTV. I wouldn't really call it a 4400. Yeah. Kind of want it's kinda like this thing behind me. It's kind of a freak show. There's not anything else like it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, pretty cool car, really, really, really cool car.
0: Do you um, think it does it lean more towards one or the other?
1: Well, I mean, it's got a six-cylinder, so it's right in the middle. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but That's uh, true. I would say, honestly, it's more of a, a overgrown UTV than a full-size, mm-hmm. if I had to pick.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I know you said that the future is kind of a little up in the air right now, but do you see? To me, I see that as the future of racing. I think the UTVs are getting bigger, they're getting faster, they're getting tougher, and now with Cody uh, Miller being able to do the UTV 4,400 and finishing the race, I personally think that we will see the 4,400 class, the actual size of the car kind of come down just a little bit. Uh, they're already, you know, thinning out chassis, thinning out weight everywhere they can. Uh, I think the next step is something like the Intimidator UTV car, where they just reduce the overall size of it. What are your thoughts?
1: Hey, we're, we're starting to see that in the bouncer world, uh- Yep. Larry Krog don't live too far. His mm-hmm. bouncer's small, lightweight. It requires less power because it's not as much weight. You got to move around. So yeah, it's kind of the same thing in Ultra Four. I mean, you got a lighter car, you don't need all that horsepower.
0: That's true. That's true. And and less weight translates to less weight for breakage and everything else. And you know, all that. It all goes into it. So uh I don't know. I'm curious. I'm very, very curious about that particular vehicle and the future that. It's a shame to hear that there's a little bit of discrepancy on the business side of things, but I hope that gets worked out for uh, everybody involved and hope it's smooth. Um, but I know that there'll be
1: something very similar to that mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the same builder. Uh, it's not my place to say anything, but sure. it's going to be like 2.0. It's going to be even better.
0: Nice. I, I have I've spoken with the builder a couple of times and it, it's kind of been one of those. I'm not, you know, we can't, we can't go public with the information yet, but uh, I, I agree with you. Whatever, whatever comes next is going to be, Amazing and for those who don't know what we're referencing uh, Intim- intimidator UTV on Facebook and you'll get a good uh, a good idea of kind of the, the model that was at King of Hammers this year. It's a great place uh, to go find out more information if you're really feeling curious. but epicenter of the show no respect racing is back in wishful thinking but wishful thinking looks quite different. Uh, tell me last year versus this year, what did you change in the off season because it looks like a brand new car?
1: Okay. Well, so initially we were going to take a year off. Uh, I put this up for sale. That didn't pan out. And especially with all the stuff that's going on now. Right. So we had a bunch of hunting trips planned. That was the plan for this year. Go hunting, get back to life before racing. Mm -hmm. You know, take a breather, rebuild something new and come back in a bouncer. Mm -hmm. Um, So so selling that didn't pan out. So I kind of set a date like sometime around the end of March. If it's not gone Mm -hmm. by the end of March. I'm building a whole new chassis and robbing the parts. Yeah. So I bounced the idea of what I wanted to do off quite a few people. Uh, the Intimidator builder being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the designer, I guess. And then uh, I called Phil. Shock Jesus! And kind of ran <laughs> some ideas by him, and he's like, "Man, what you got works. We just need to tweak it." So I talked to him. Talked to Stan over at Brannick about doing some changes, and they say like, we can make it work. Just. Just try it this way. And if you don't like it, then we can start over from scratch. Okay. So, I mean, the major thing was the front sway bar, which I had no idea the car really needed. But it's called wishful thinking for a couple of reasons. It's got wishbones in the front and the rear. They're still there.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm here. I just pulled up a picture of, uh, I got the picture of the car up. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. So it's, it's got wishbones upper links, which is uh, not very common. And mm-hmm. then uh, when I bought it, I knew I was kind of getting in over my head, trying to race 4400 on my budget. So we kind of named the car Wishful Thinking. Peter yeah. Basler, uh, he didn't really name cars. So it was the single seat car. That's what it was yeah. called. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so we named it Wishful Thinking. And uh, it's not something you see. So there's not a lot of test time on it anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. it just doesn't exist. It's a freak. Mm-hmm. But Phil, uh, you know, shock Jesus. You've had him on the show. Liberty mm-hmm. Mountain Fab. He seemed to think if we put a front sway bar on it and then loosen the rear sway bar up, it would totally change the car, Mm -hmm. which he's had his hands on the shocks there at AOP, and he he helped at night and day just doing that. Mm -hmm. So I I put my faith in him, and then I got a hold of Stan. He made me up a sway bar, and we put that on, and I'm not kidding. That's the very first thing I should have done when I bought the car. It's a whole new animal.
0: So, man, and, and what's so crazy is you were mentioning the wishbone. It's wishbone upper arms, correct? Yeah. Okay. So it,
1: it actually looks like a, like a Y. So instead of being four link, it's a three link front and rear, and the wishbones connect to the center of the axles, at the top. Uh,
0: there we see here. I'm trying to pull a picture up here. It's like a, I do. A, I do a bad job at multitasking. Everyone uh, who listens to the show is pretty familiar with the fact that I can't multitask worth a crap. Um, however, I'll I'll deal with that later. See if I can't find something in a minute. Um, the look of the car is pretty amazing because, you know, in the front end, the 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 nose extends out. It almost looks like there's not enough room for up travel. So, how much how much room do you actually have in the front in this movement of the suspension?
1: Um, it's packaged really well. Uh, when they originally built that car, well, I guess this is about the fourth rendition, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean they did a, a jam up job on it. It has seven and a half inches of up travel right now. And when it's all the way up, it's like within a quarter inch of everything.
0: Wow. And
1: as tight as tight can get.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, let me ask you this. So you, you get a front sway bar in there and you loosen up the rear. You know, how, how does it, what did it drive like before? If you could relate it to anything and then what does it drive like now?
1: Okay, so it drives similar. Um, mm-hmm. It's just before like if you, it drives kind of like a go-kart. Okay, but similar to a go-kart if you pick a go-kart up once it starts to roll it's gone yeah well now we've actually i did it at the race last weekend and i did it larry's playing around i can actually put it up on two wheels now and put it back down where before (laughs) if it picked up one tire it would just literally flip itself Hmm.
0: so that's pretty interesting difference there now how did the obviously you you put on a little a jenny craig diet and move some things around uh What, how how did the weight affect everything? Because you know, you guys had jumps in this last race, and we're going to talk pretty extensively about that. But, uh, you guys had jumps. How did the car move? Oh, I may have lost Anthony. Anthony, still there? There we go. You're back. Um, how did the car move?
2: Yeah, I was
0: getting a call. That's all right. Uh, how'd the car move uh, now that the weight is redistributed? Because you've got it almost 50 50 front and rear, right?
1: Yeah. So, before, uh, the rear end held the fuel tank which was like a 22 23 gallon fuel tank it was right. all the way at the back down low so there's a bunch of uh cantilever back there for mm-hmm. weight we cut all that off so you originally it was 56 percent over the rear tires and uh, 44 over the front is the way it set by cutting all that off moving the fuel tank to the front we actually left the front winch just for weight we don't need it now mm-hmm. but we left it just to have the weight as far forward as possible uh, right now it's like 50.2 over the front tire so we moved about six percent forward which
0: that's crazy
1: made quite a bit of difference on a hill
0: yeah absolutely i i'm pretty shocked that right out of the gate it was as balanced as it was it seems like that front end would be so much lighter than uh the rear end just looking at it it looks like there's not much up there other than the front axle and the shocks but it's pretty amazing that not only was it already balanced how it was but you guys have it within you know point two to point two percent that's pretty that's pretty unheard of Yeah, uh, it's
1: just how it worked out i mean yeah absolutely. if we were building a drift car it would be awesome because 50 50 is what you shoot for so. yeah but, uh, most of your most of your rock bouncers are they're kind of the opposite they're like 55 to 54 up front mm-hmm. where this one was 56 in the back so it was kind of opposite but we met in the middle and i don't know for like courses like this weekend i think it's going to do awesome
0: yeah, so let's talk about it because that was one of the most important things I wanted to talk to you about. Is not only your comeback, but the Southern Rock Racing Series went to Bikini Bottoms Off Road Park. In my opinion, it's a park that's kind of played out. If that if that you know sounds not too rude, um, but they've run the same hills, they've done the same thing over and over again. But when I watched the live feed this weekend, um, I really felt like. I and the fans had been heard where not only you know I, I heard down the, the you know down the rabbit chain that they're gonna make jumps at every race now uh, that's great but they cut out part of the the hill and had y'all do it up and down like on a a horseshoe on the side of the hill had y'all run through a couple different sections multiple jumps I personally thought it was really really cool how they used the space there How do you feel about it uh, having raced it?
1: well so. <laughs> first off i wasn't really planning on going i was kind of getting heckled a little bit so <laughs> it, i kind of ended up going last minute like friday 9:30. i loaded up and mm-hmm. took bare minimum and went down there which uh larry Krogh has a little compound we call it and uh not very far from here i've had about 20 minutes of seat time since we've completely changed everything perfect <laughs> and it's never been off a jump and i didn't realize we were going to a monster truck show oh yeah so, when I pulled up, they were running the UTVs and the starting lines of jump, and then right yep. after that's another jump. I was freaking out a little bit. It's never <laughs> been off the ground. It's been up some hills and that and through a creek or two, but I've never jumped it. <laughs> so the first thing I did before I even started the race was I moved the crossovers down on the front to just try to keep it from bottoming out. Just guessing because <laughs> I didn't know what it was going to do, and I probably should have left it because it's actually a little stiff in the front now. I don't know if you noticed coming off them jumps, it was pretty hard.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I did not notice the that. The
1: first two, but the comeback jump, it it, it hit pretty hard. I and think, it didn't bottom out. It just, it just shook hard. So I think um, everyone
0: had that kind of feel, though. I will say, I went back and I watched that one particular jump. Obviously, Tim's car is a completely different setup, and it it looked pretty good. Uh, even Wes's car looked really well uh, or, or took the jump well. Um, but I think everyone is kind of taken off in how they have their suspension set up by all these jumps. Uh, but but yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I would say that uh, it seems like we're, we're starting to have to build, you, you know, the racers are having to build cars somewhere in between, you know, able to handle, handle the jumps well and still have the hill climb, you know, stiffness that they're no- normally used to up front.
1: Yeah. I mean, from a racer's point of view, I like it. But we've done a lot of endurance racing. You know, I talked yeah. to Derek about it, too. Derek's like, man, that was my kind of course. I wish I would have went. Yeah. But we're used to that, you know. Mm-hmm. We're used to everything with endurance racing. We're used to doing short course tracks. The bouncer guys—they're not real excited about the jumps, like a lot of them. really a majority of them. They, because that's not what their cars are set up to do. they, they mm-hmm. want to go kill a hill. They don't want to—they don't want to be a stadium truck, or they'd build a stadium truck. You know what? It, yeah. They, so yeah, yeah. So mixed, mean, mixed opinions on it.
0: Yeah. But. Well, so let me ask you. Okay, with your background ultra 4 endurance is that the kind of course that you would prefer to see throughout the season or you know uh, it, do you want more hit, you know a more hill dominant uh, or what are your thoughts going forward or do you want to mix it up what, what do you think i want I want the no respect racing take on what this season's courses need to be like
1: oh I, I like the longer courses because for a couple reasons uh if you make a slight mistake you've got room to make up for it like the 13 second hills mo- most of these parks are For most of us guys in Missouri, most of these parks are nine-hour drives. Nobody wants to drive nine hours to race for 14 seconds.
0: Dude, I hardly want to drive nine hours, period. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I I mean, I
1: I like the longer courses, though.
0: Yeah. And
1: then I also like a Bounty Hill. So, I'm kind of torn. I I would like to see, like, a two-minute course with a Bounty Hill at the end. And to me, a Bounty Hill is, like, three people in the field make it. But that doesn't make for good points racing.
0: That's true. But – How do you think that so Bikini Bottoms has been has been, you know, every racer I've ever interviewed, it's their least favorite place to go because it's hard on parts. It's hard on everything. Uh, Obviously, we saw a little bit of parts, breakage, flips, rolls, all that kind of stuff. But I think most of the rolls came from the endurance side of the course uh, rather than, you know, the hill. But even that last section where it's a pretty you know rough hill climb and it's a tart, it's a really sharp uh, left hand turn. Uh, do you think that that's a good balance, or what, did that favor, did that course favor the long distance over the hill climbs?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, the same exact hill two years ago was that mm-hmm. was an extreme hill.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Everything's everything's kind of upgraded. So yes. most vehicles make them hills look pretty easy now. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not my. I don't like that part. That park's dangerous. That's why I don't like it. There's, I mean, there's just nothing to stop you from the top to the bottom, which we got to see again. And I've been talking to Daniel and, uh, he's doing a lot better, but the two worst wrecks I've ever seen in off road are from that part. Daniel's and the formula car. Oh, yeah. uh, I just don't like racing wide open areas like that.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I, I would say probably the worst UTV wreck I've ever seen was at rush. Um, was it Russia? I think it was last year when the 16-year-old girl was in the the shake and bake car and took it all the way back down the hill. Um, that was bad, but it's the exact same situation that you're describing here, where you have, you know, essentially either nothing to catch you as you're rolling down, and at the bottom it's just the ground. You know, it's just flat ground that you know you're going to have a large impact on. Um, but I did want to ask you about Daniel. Uh, I think the final, you know, uh, diagnosis was his arm was broken in three places. Is that correct?
1: yeah uh yeah i talked to him today uh he's obviously sore mm-hmm. uh, i asked him just from previous reference i said how many black lines you got going across you because typically you take a hit like that wherever every strap is is solid oh. black and he God. said yep he said it looks like i got a harness on still but uh God, he's in good spirits and uh he'll be back
0: okay for sure. now i mean is, i don't i don't know uh do they think that surgery is in order or did he have surgery
1: yeah, they I uh, they, they got his arm all fixed up. He's just kind of in recovery mode. So okay, well, good. Yeah, Checked everything good. out, you know, CT scan. He, he's good to go. He's
0: good. good to
1: take some time off, heal up. He'll be back.
0: Good, 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 good. Okay, cool. Well, back to the race. Um, what do you? I mean, obviously, you mentioned earlier you weren't prepared necessarily for it, but that jump right out of the gate. How how do you? I mean, I, I just I can't get over this course because I really feel like what we have seen and you know, for the last five years and every single race, if this one broke it, there's been a couple outlaw races where they ran side by side, but this was for me like a, like a really big, like I'm, I'm very largely impressed if they keep this up. Uh, this is, you know, it essentially changes what the Southern rock racing is going to be known for. It's not going to be just drag racing up a Hill. It's going to be, you have to come with your car ready to do multiple things and do multiple things extremely well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I enjoy the change. Same thing. Same thing, you know, yeah. same thing over and over gets old. Yeah. Nobody likes it. So you got to switch it up. And I think Clyde did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really went, what I'm going to say, balls out off of that starting line jump, mm-hmm. except for Paul Wolf. I and mean, if you get to watch that grudge match race, <laughs> you can watch the replay of that. Yeah. Wow. He yeah. Said but, yeah. uh, I mean, it was a jump right into another jump, so you couldn't really flat foot it off the line because you had to mm-hmm. slow down for the second jump. A couple of people overshot it and ended up front flipping too. So, I mean, it's that comes back to just driving on everything, having mm-hmm. a little bit of experience that helped.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: my first run sucked. <laughs> I mean, it was bad.
0: So, so what happened the first run? Because I saw you You said that, and then I went back and watched the first runs on high octane. Uh, I think it was last night. And it, it looked fine. Uh, I think at the very top you got you bottomed out or something, but I didn't think the run was particularly bad.
1: oh, I don't know. I just uh going up cable or fable or whatever mm-hmm. that man-made piece of crap uh, yeah. I'm not a fan of the man-made stuff mm-hmm. but uh going up that, I lost my momentum a little bit had to had to back up don't I don't like backing up backing up never wins anything. And then uh, I thought I'd be—I thought I'd be smart and go left of up the big hill at the top. I'd get uh-huh. out there where nobody else had been, and it would because there was grass still there. Mm-hmm. Typically, that means there's good traction. And uh, nah, it didn't work. It was a sandbox over there. And about halfway through the corner, I knew it wasn't going to work, but I was already committed to that line. So yeah, we tried it anyway, and then no go. And I don't have quite the horsepower. I mean, we're this was built to run long distance, not really be the highest horsepower car, So. Yeah, we might need some upgrades to that over the winter. So uh, let me ask
0: see you how one that one. goes on, on
1: that. I had to back up again. So that's two backups in one run. That's it's not good. But I, anyway, I we made that. it out the top. So,
0: yeah, I was about to say, all in all, you make it out the top. Uh, you don't you know, have a have a uh, DNF or anything like that. So that's that's great. Um, but let me ask you this. You know, horsepower, Gold Rush basically came in and made everyone pay attention to horsepower. That's how I feel about it. Everyone hey, had, no, I
1: might get a strap in that thing here soon.
0: Explain, Explain. tell me more.
1: Oh, we were just uh, kind of talking to each other after the race. and I think I might get a potential to strap into that at some point this
0: year. Uh, now, is this like, a, hey, we're going to go, you know, off the record, go drive it, or we're going to be at a race and we're going to give it a chance?
1: I don't know, haven't figured that out yet.
0: Very nice. I'm excited for that uh, because I'll, I'll be honest. Gold Rush is one that I keep my eyes on particularly because it is a, a forefront leader into a new direction of the Rock Bouncer, just the insane amounts of horsepower. Um, and, and again, I hope no, no ill will or anything like that, but I'm just going off of the record here. Um, it seems like there's just issue after issue. And, and I know that it's a learning process and especially being a car that is set up to run the way that that car is. Um, how long does it take to get the issues figured out? Because I know, I I think you said he had an issue this weekend, but still managed to pull off a top five. You know, I, I personally want to see gold rush, no issues. And, and just what, what can the car do and what can, what can the driver do? What can these things, what can they do? And and, and I personally, I mean, I'm ready to see it. It's full potential, no issues, no accidents or anything like that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I
1: kind of, I kind of screwed him this weekend.
0: What'd you do? Uh, we actually,
1: we actually, we actually tied in points for both hills. Uh huh. Yeah, he would have been on the podium if I didn't show up. He would have had her. Oh. We tied in points, and I, uh, I, I guess SRS you get so many points per hill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not time. You get so many points, and then if there's a tie in the points, then it goes to the combined time. Well, I I don't even know the times yet. We have I haven't seen them posted anywhere, but hmm. I guess I had a faster combined time than he did overall. So I ended hmm. up getting third, and he got fourth.
0: Well, that's, you know, that's the business, but uh I don't know. It's weird you guys haven't got your times yet. I know that they try and verify everything, but you would imagine for the uh, you know, it's it's not like endurance racing where you have to go track or track uh like, you know, VPs or things like that. It seems like it, it would be pretty straightforward. But I'd be interested to know why you guys haven't got your times yet. Um Oh,
1: I I haven't done a bunch of digging on it. it doesn't really matter, but Yeah, exactly. I just have yeah. to come across
0: that's true. That's true. Okay, so back to the car, though. Uh, you, you obviously changed up the theme, the colors. Uh, everything's a little bit different there. What is? Is it the? Is it the Hill Patrol? Is that the the name of it?
1: Yeah. So we kind of took the Missouri State logo. My wife does uh, graphic design work and decals and banners and everything. We kind of borrowed their logo and redesigned it a little bit, and it's the Missouri Ultra Hill Patrol which might not be a good time to be endorsing law enforcement, I guess.
0: <laughs> hey, if it makes you feel any better. I work, I work, uh, I work exclusively with law enforcement and uh, the department of justice. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I think it's, I think it's a direction that I haven't seen anyone go. I know that there was a, uh, I don't remember who made the video, maybe it was Mad Ram, but there's that classic video of a rock bouncer doing a burnout in front of a, in front of a police car on the street. And I think it's really cool, but what was the coolest thing is I, you know, saw you going up the hill, saw the red and blue lights on the rear. And then I was like, man, I wonder if he, you know, like how much is he embracing the the police aspect? As soon as you made it to the top, kicked on the sirens. And I was like, that is absolutely awesome. I thought it was just really, really cool.
1: Again, the the siren was on there from endurance racing. Yeah. It's actually a, a, a pretty heavy speaker and it's right behind the winch. So we left it for weight. And decided on white for the color and just kind of build up from there like just a the theme you know taz yeah. everybody loves taz because it's taz and yeah like monster trucks are they got their own themes. so it's about time our sport starts getting a little more professional i think yeah so we'll just pick like a theme and stick with it and i feel yeah. like the kids would like it you know lights sirens what kid doesn't like that
0: Man, I I, in in fact uh, I need to uh, I forwarded your information over to Infinite Off Road. I'm gonna get you hooked up with some rock lights so you can get that bad boy really going. Some red and blues. Uh, But yeah, I I think it's really really cool. And if anything, what it does, and for those racers who listen to this, uh, it puts a like kind of like a brand association. Like now when, when you think of your car, you're going to think of, Oh, that's the car that's, you know, that's the police car, that's the police buggy. And (laughs) it's really easy for people to, you know, kind of lock something in with, with you and your race team. It's a great way to promote yourself, great way to, you know, market yourself. And I I have racers and other people asking all the time, you know, can you do more episodes on how to, how to get sponsors and things like that. So uh, that's something else I wanted to bring up is, you know, as you create the hill patrol, Uh, obviously you're someone who, um, has a reputation in racing that precedes themselves. So your accomplishments in racing are what make you a good prospect for a sponsor, but what are some other things that people can do to acquire, uh, either sponsorship or or how do people get eyes on them? What do you do to attract eyes and make people interested in you?
1: So like, like for instance, like this, uh, I, I don't know about 15 times this week and you drive the Jeep thing, right? So, I mean, it's totally different from a rock bouncer, so it stands out. And sponsors don't necessarily need people to win. They don't need people to podium. Like, if you're the guy that, like, I won't say any names because that's rude. Uh, If you're the guy that just does a write-up after every event and, you know, says, hey, this is what went right. This is why we didn't do so good. Mm -hmm. And uh, promote the parts that work. That's just as good as winning for most of the time. Yeah. Um, Buy, them. Buy them pictures from the media guys, like from Black Dog and d pads Buy them pictures and send them to companies. Get on an email list, whether you do good or you do bad, and you got contacts at 15 companies, whether they sponsor you or not, email them at the end of the race and say, this is how our day went. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. This is what we're going to try to do next time. I they love it. Not your sponsors, but when they get tired of seeing your name, eventually they're going to help you out.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one strategy. Uh, And and if not, you know, even when, you know, the next marketing meeting comes up at their company, they'll have in the back of your mind, there's this guy that keeps sending me pictures and, you know, he's got a lot of room on that car and he's always there. Uh, One thing that uh, I have people reach out all the time about, hey, how do I grow my page? How do I grow my business? Uh, You know, whatever it may be. Um, Consistency. It's, it's consistency. You're, you're always your, your page is
1: bigger than mine. And I got all kinds of dumb
0: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's just, that's just it is it's consistency. It's people ask all the time. I have friends who are you know interested in starting podcasts or getting whatever kind of movement going that they like. Um, just do an episode every week. So people know on Friday, my example, Friday and Saturday mornings, you're going to get an episode uh, and, and just be there and just know that when people start listening and it becomes part of the routine, Uh, They can, you know, they can expect because if you're don't put something out and it's Saturday morning and they haven't got an episode yet, you're probably going to get some messages that say, hey, um, you know, where's your episode? And then if you don't make an episode for two or three weeks, people are going to stop listening. You're going to just get passed by. Uh, So that's great. But how that applies here is you are so involved in the off-road community, whether it's uh, giving opinions, which is always one of my most favorite things, uh, from the Nova (laughs) set camp, Uh, (laughs) especially at King of hammers, man, you, you and Larry were going back and forth and I was cracking up every single time. Uh, but, uh, opinions are always good, but pictures, content, you know, reviews, all that kind of stuff. But even so on that, uh, you're always racing. You're always at the race, regardless of podium, not podium. I know what you're, where you're at on the race. I know how you did, And I probably have some kind of video of you either winning or you, you know, upside down on your lid or putting on some kind of show. And and I really think that uh, consistently being a part of the community is is a big factor. And you guys have done an excellent job of that. Uh, But that all ties in with this whole brand thing, with the police thing, with everything. Uh, I really, you know, no respect racing has its own. You know, there's mental images that come in. I see your green UTV buggy flying through the banner. You know, I, I think all of these things that you guys have done over the years, uh, and it's and it's how you built a brand. It's how you have made your name. And uh, again, that's information that people have asked for time and time again. So I'm glad that we can kind of address that and get that information out there. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, want to Shannon
1: Welch. I don't know if you know who she is. She's like she's the major player in Ultra Four. She helped me out a lot with that. Mm Because I would never do the bad stuff. Like, you know, nobody Mm -hmm. wants to talk about the bad day they had. And, Mm -hmm. man, it makes a big difference. It truly does. Because nobody's perfect. I mean, even Timmy's not perfect. Mm -hmm. But if you let everybody know that you have problems, too, or this happened or that happened, that actually brings them closer to you and lets them follow you more. And she helped me out with that, so...
0: I'll tell you this, one of the things that uh you know just shortly before I think you guys were racing it was your ultra four season when I, we we had just met at AOP and you guys were somewhere else and uh you just were putting up you put up a picture of 10 guys in a trailer rebuilding the razor transmission and you're just like this is what it looks like night before the race and I was like first off that looks awful glad that's not me two <laughs> <Ew. laughs> that's really cool because you know it's kind of a window into the dedication that it takes but uh, it's things like that, that, you know, make people relatable. I think McCoy and John boy do a great job of that too, because they put a picture up the other day, you know, night before a race and it's not on their vehicle, but they're out helping a neighbor and they've got the headers off, you know, night before a race at the camp. And it's just like, you guys are crazy. And it it really kind of pulls back the facade of like the, the professional race team, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people don't see and don't know and, it just helps. And I'm not real good at it. I'm just every once in a while I'll put something up, and like the police theme, I can I'm, I can catch a lot of crap from my buddies about it. But yeah, it ain't for it ain't for them. It ain't for me. It's for trying to get the kids involved. So
0: yeah, and and doing. and that is so cool. I know uh, when I spoke with Jay Calloway, he mentioned that that was one of his big kind of bridging things that he used. he would take the car to schools and things like that. Uh And, and one of the things that really cool that you did was. Uh, you actually took the buggy to the police station. Tell me a little bit about that. How, what did they think about it?
1: Well, that's kind of funny. Is uh, I was asking them what, what it took to get a photo op with the cops. I've, <laughs> I've known the local sheriff for quite a while. He made a pretty good joke about it. But then when I told him <laughs> what I was doing, he was he was cool about it. But uh,
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah, they they were they were excited about it. Uh, the local sheriffs they let me pull right on the lawn. We took pictures with their cop cars. It was a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. I got to say, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I don't know if Murfreesboro police uh, would be that cool about it. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it Definitely. That's one of those that, you know, I have uh, these canvases all around my house of all these, you know, things that are important to me. And that would be that would be on my wall for sure. The, the time I took my buggy down to the police station and uh, got <laughs> to drive it on the grass. So all cool stuff. But uh, one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, because. Um, you're the only person I think other than uh, Timmy Chuck who is running those Mickey Thompson tires and Timmy's not racing this year. Uh, tell me about Liberty. the tires. Liberty. Oh, Liberty. Thank, Liberty. You. thank you. And I, uh,
1: There's a couple others. Those are just, that's the one that popped into my head. Yeah. It, it, well, which, the, which I want to, I want to, I just met Dex. I want to, oh, really? uh, that was his first race ever in a full size. He finished both hills and got fifth or sixth. That's amazing.
0: Wow. That's pretty unheard of. That's awesome. Uh, what do you think about the tires? Because not a lot of people run them. It seems like they've been out for a while and then they kind of fell flat a little bit on their marketing and everything. But obviously, what do you think?
1: Well, these are different. So okay. I was actually at SEMA and I, I met one of the main guys at Mickey when they came out with the big 43. Mm-hmm. And it was just a little wide for my liking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we talked about it. and He's like, oh, eventually there'll be more sizes and whatever, whatever. Well, I had Showstopper 2 at the time. And I was like, I just didn't want that wide of a tire. And, uh, and then we ended up switching to Ultra 4. And then just here recently, I found out these 40s were coming out. And I got back in contact with them. And I'm like, man, that's that's the tire I want. I want a 40 and I want a 1350 wide. And uh, we worked out a deal. And I can't complain. <laughs> I mean, I got 15 minutes of seat time in them. And I came home with no holes. I have put quite a few holes in Swampers at that place. And I know a lot of Swampers have been destroyed there. So I came yeah. home no holes in the tires and wasn't real easy on them on the concrete. I had mm-hmm. to get rough with them a little bit, especially uh, Fable Hill and going up that top part there on the Hill 2. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy. We got we got a podium out of them, so that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what you can't you can't argue about. It's just the fact that, you know, they worked. They put you on the podium. But I think particularly with that that design uh, it kind of skips the the Tennessee cut, you know, and, and it really gives you the, the, the cut that everyone uses right out of the gate. Now, I've never had my hands on them, uh, but how soft are they compared to the SX?
1: Oh, I would say they're actually a little softer, per se.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what I like about them is your Tennessee cut has mm-hmm. very little lateral traction. Yes, so you can get to skating on a hill like a lot of them rock bouncers you see that are just going all over the place.
0: That's because mm-hmm. they don't
1: have any lateral traction left because they cut it all out. Uh, every lug on this is angled, so it's got real good lateral traction. That's I really like that about it. Uh, it's more predictable on mm-hmm. what like going through a corner and stuff to me, and mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time. But so far, so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, again, you know, even when when you sent me some pictures a little earlier before this all got released, uh, you know, the first thing you said is, man, this thing drives awesome. It goes where I want it to. And I know that's not always the case in the bouncers is sometimes they don't go where you want to. And I hadn't even thought about the lateral traction. When you you do that Tennessee cut, you do, you lose all the directional, the the, the side directional or angles. Um, you just get, you know, side to side blocks and all of the terrain can move either, move freely through the tread so i haven't i haven't thought about that but uh one thing i want to ask
1: these are actually pre-marked with places you can cut them more if you want to cut them uh they're they're diagonally marked with like their preferred cutting spot
0: wow you'll have to send you have to send me a picture whenever this uh, whenever the audio version of this goes up yeah if if you can take me over there
1: i don't know how close i can get to you Holy see cow. like the see the diagonal there. That's to come out. That's to come out. That's uh-huh. that's, that's pretty amazing. Out. But I mean, see, you still got lateral traction even after you cut them out. Yeah, but there's a lug. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you can tell that from that angle or not. I mean, it's They're got,
0: got meat in there. <laughs> that's pretty but, amazing.
1: I'm pretty happy with them so far. I can't complain.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, for those who haven't seen a a good 40 or a good, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, Jeep guys, or, you know, people who have uh, a more mild idea, they'll have like a 40 inch Nitto and they'll think, oh, you know, it's just a bigger tire. But when you get into a tire that's designed like that one or a super swamper, man, they are big and they're like tread blocks are big and everything about them is just wild. So it's crazy to me, you know, when you guys go race and y'all cut the sidewalls and blow through the front of one of them and blow wheels out. uh, It really puts into perspective how much just velocity and power and rotation you guys have in those. But uh, again, I'm such a big fan of the sport. Everything about this sport blows my mind pretty much constantly. (laughs) But uh, one thing I have to say is you got a spare tire back there. How did you get that on there?
1: So that was actually my boy's idea. Uh, we were, we cut the back end of the car off to uh, get rid of weight. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to have an old receiver, actually a receiver receiver, if you want to call it that. Yes. It's like the part you would sh- shove your truck receiver. It was laying in the garage and he's like, well, why don't we put that on the car? And I'm like, what for? <laughs> and uh, he's like, for a spare tire holder. And I'm like, all right. So explain. He's like, well, so we drive to the hill sometimes the hills ain't right next to where we can park mm-hmm. you get a flat you got to send somebody back with a razor you got to take the spare down there with you on your roof or i've seen it done a hundred different ways and they all suck
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah you this, say put that thing on the razor I, if you told me if you're like hey will you go get that spare tire out of my truck i'm like yeah i need you know two other people and one other person just to hold it on there that's that's so big compared to a razor
1: yeah so uh so anyway we just built a slider that goes in there and uh A plate to screw a wheel on and then i I ran a tube down and i actually built a little jack holder to where you can set your jack in there and you jack your jack up and it tightens up against the tire you take a tire jack everything and then pull two pins when you get to the hill and set it off to the side wow so everything's right there on the ready
0: wow that's really cool Uh, uh so you also mentioned that you know you moved the gas tank uh to the from the back to the front uh you got your spare tire back there and you guys did a little bit of modification Did you do any other chassis modification uh, that's really noteworthy?
1: Um, Not really. Uh, So the sway bar used to be at the very back, so we Mm -hmm. moved it forward. So we actually, instead of uh, turning the sway bar down, we just located the tabs further up on the trailing arm, Mm -hmm. which in turn made the sway bar softer, which is what we were after. I got to do some tweaking on it and playing with it still. Like I said, we we just threw it together and we wasn't really race ready. We just kind of got heckled into it.
0: Yeah, sure. I I mean, I get it. I get it. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy to me because, uh, you know, as we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show, our last discussion was 2021. And then the next thing I know, I'm starting to get these pictures rolling in. And you were saying, you know, maybe June, maybe middle of June. I was like, all right, cool. I got, you know, got some time to schedule the interview. And then the next thing I know, I'm watching the live stream and there you are just going straight out of the gate, making the jump. And I was like, Huh? <laughs> Would you look at that?
1: <laughs> so I, yeah. uh, I was surprised. Got pressured into it a little bit. No I get it.
0: I get it. Hey, it could you could have had a worse result for sure. At least you came away with some hardware. Um, what do you think about the rest of the season? Uh, obviously you said mid June. You started now. What's in the future for you? And and what what are your what are your expectations for the car and the races and the, so on and so forth?
1: Well. I would really like to get some seat time. Uh, I would have had plenty of seat time, but it's been raining up here nonstop. Yeah. And the the ultimate goal was go to Flat Nasty Outlaw. Outlaw race, uh, June 27th. Flat Nasty is the closest park to us up here, but it's still three and a half hours away. But uh, we, I don't know, our, our little county up here, when we go to Flat Nasty, we always tend to do well. So that was, I was, that was supposed to be the debut. I was supposed to save it till then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hopefully have some more seat time and have some stuff dialed in, but it didn't work out. We ended up just going last weekend. So the next race will definitely be June 27th at flat nasty. And I don't really have much other than that on my schedule. I still, uh, still plan on doing a bunch more hunting and, uh, yeah. hunting season will start picking up around August. So,
0: yeah, that's true. Um, so obviously ultra four is always out there. Is this going to be an ultra four car this year?
1: Nope. She done she's retired Um, from ultra
0: four that's all right i uh i know it's it's ultra four is hard to maintain i'll just say it like that a lot of traveling a lot of different things in the fire so uh i understand that do you plan on hitting like race to riches any of those in your mind for the future this year
1: yeah well this car did okay at race to riches the way it was before with bald tires so yeah i'd say she'll probably be back at race to riches very nice Uh,
0: let me ask you this because I hadn't – I got to talk into a racer the other day and um, I – let me think about how to say this uh, the best way possible. Race to Riches, the payouts used to be Polaris Razors and, you know, vehicles and lots of money. What was the payout last year?
1: Uh, I think it was 15000 the first, 7000 the second, and – I don't I don't know
0: what they're got. Okay. That's pretty, that's still pretty good. That's good. It's better than I thought it was. Um I know that Race to Riches used to be the, you know, kind of the the big daddy. This is the race that you don't want to miss because you know, the the risk is finally worth or the reward is finally worth the risk. Um what do you what what do you think is $15,000 enough for you to go and put everything on the line?
1: Oh yeah, we do it for three thousand dollars at every other race
0: that's true that's very true um do you think that payouts need to be higher knowing that uh promoters you know are pocketing a pretty large amount of money
1: um that's a loaded question
0: it is a loaded question it's a trap
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it depends on the series i guess sure because uh i'll just use outlaw as an example outlaw to me is the most fair for your entry fee compared to Paying the whole top 10 back and mm-hmm. what they pay back in the top 10. To me, the Outlaw Series, as far as money-wise, is the most fair. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I know we had a short discussion about it uh, the last time. So for those who want a uh, longer talk uh, about things like that, we talked about Ultra 4 in the last interview. Just go find the the last Anthony Yant uh, interview, and you'll, you'll hear a little bit more about that topic. But um, I didn't know that I think the UTV got cut a little bit more than the bouncers. I'll say it like that. Um, I think, you know, uh, at one point it was, you know, uh, machines were on the line and things like that. And I'm picking on race to riches. Um, but I will say that it's, it's an all, it's an all series and in all races. Uh, to me, the risks are getting higher because the vehicles are more capable and the rewards are not necessarily matching the risk. And I'm curious now, it's a question I want to start asking all the racers because at what point does You know, at what point is your return on investment not even worth showing up? You know, the guy who is not going to get top ten. Did
1: you say ROI about racing? There's no such thing. I did. I
0: did. Hey, I'm using. I'm. I'm. I'm like. There's. There's a percentage here, but. But I'm trying to. I'm trying to just ask the question: Is you know, the guys who know they're not. You know, there. There are racers who show up and don't think that they're going to get in the top ten. Outside of, I mean, at, at one point or another. It's, it's not, it's just not lucrative. What, I mean, does the, does the potential for payout need to be higher? What are your thoughts? Because I'm starting to see the numbers and I'm, I'm see you know, I had a, let me, let me phrase it like this. Let me give you some background. I had an interview with Ian Johnson where he kind of reminded me that, you know, we, we buy $25,000 cars, put another $25,000 in uh, upgrades in them, go smash them. And you know, just in the same token, if you're if you're interested in mildly getting a trail bouncer, you know, you can get a trail bouncer for under you know under fifty thousand that you could potentially go race and this and that. And and I started thinking about the UTV side, about how expensive it is versus to the the payouts and things like that. And and I don't have a clear answer because I'm not a racer. I'm not out there. You know, losing ten thousand dollars every time I go total a machine. Um, but, but from someone who's not afraid to records or checkers, you know, I just kind of want to pick the brain of the racers and see what you guys think <laughs> about payouts and things like that.
1: Uh, well, there's a, there's a meeting of the masses going on this weekend, which might change things up for next year, or, or it might not. Um, sure, Just looking at every other sport that's out there, like monster trucks or fishing, or there's always some kind of league, baseball, football. There's no true league yet in rock bouncing.
0: I like it. I like it. I like it. I like what I'm hearing because I think when you, uh, when you bring everybody together, you create some kind of standard. And uh, I think that in this case, um, you know, it kind of goes to, you know, you can make whatever simile you want to make here. Uh, I think a league mindset will help the racers in this, in this, in this instance. So I think that that's cool. Um, can you give us any more details about it? Cause I, as first I'm hearing about it.
1: Yeah, Nah, that's about it for now. It, <laughs> oh. may, it may go nowhere. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not heavily involved with it. Sure. I will be if it happens for sure. Cause I think that's how, that's how you maintain growth. Yeah. Like if, if everybody's on a different page and they just do whatever one person or two people tell them, then they're everybody's sheep, you know? Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. And, and I'll, I'll say it like this. I think that this season may, you know, the the virus going in and now we have uh, a cluster battle of you know scheduling to recover the season and things like that because obviously there's upfront capital for some of this stuff and just like promoters they're trying to get their money i mean promoters are trying to get their money back but you know racers have investments in machines and things like that and uh, it's costly when there's not a race season so i'm just again all of these are just thoughts that i'm wondering about what you guys think
1: okay well uh, speaking of everything on top of each other, I'm uh, I'm digging into the potential of possibly putting on uh, a race, and August 29th is the only open weekend. Everything else is taken from now to October. I mean, it's crazy.
0: Between like Southern Between
1: SRS, Outlaw Ro- Pro Rock, and Renegades, oh, they're racing like, every single weekend until October.
0: That's crazy. So- well, t- can you tell us a little bit about that No Respect race that you're trying to get playing? Oh, it won't Is be it? A
1: No Respect race. I'm just helping out potentially, and uh, I was hoping to have an answer by now, but I haven't got an answer on that yet. So stay tuned. Okay. To, stay tuned to the pages. There'll be something up if it if it pans out.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And you actually reminded me. I need to have a. Uh, um, uh, how do you uh, A R B O bracket buster? What's the gentleman's name? I'm drawing a blank. Nick, Nick, thank you. Nick, I need to get Nick on the show sometime because, uh, I need to get Nick and I need to reach out to Clyde and, uh, even, um, uh, I believe it's, is it Rick who runs the renegade series? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I need to get everybody on because, uh, you know, it's kind of, the I'm kind of aware. I just want to hear what everyone's thoughts are because, uh, Joey's been on the show before and we had a great time talking and I'd love to give everybody else a chance to kind of talk and air their thoughts out between the different races. Um, but but hearing that there might be a a you know a league style idea is really cool i did not uh didn't think we'd see I the day
1: any of them guys you mentioned i don't think they know about that wow but, and it might not ever pan out it's just something that a few of us believe probably needs to happen if the sport's going to keep growing
0: yeah I uh, man i couldn't agree with you more uh let me ask you this where do you think the future of rock bouncing goes i mean we've, we're starting to see more live streams uh high octane films might be the fastest person I've ever seen put up videos for for this stuff. It is literally like the race. And then I can count on it six, seven hours later, at least the top three runs are up. And I think that's awesome.
1: Charles is the man, Charles. Yeah. Uh, he definitely puts in a lot of work for sure. Yeah. And high quality work. I mean, it's truly impressive how fast, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's kind of a loaded question too if we could do it in cities mm-hmm. every time i think it would be the next monster jam but it's hard to do what we do in st louis
2: yeah yeah,
1: you know, they just can't you can't duplicate the hill downtown st louis it's just yeah that's true
0: yeah i hadn't thought about it about how you could generate a, a stadium like feel for it um hmm. that's interesting but i like where the i like where the conversation's going i'm glad that people smarter than me are having the conversation because uh, I'm just going to be able to report on it and take all the fruit of your hard work and labor, and I will be able to enjoy it for myself. So thank you guys.
1: Well, it, it's like I just mentioned, We there's a race every weekend. I mean, yeah. it's, it's out of control. There's too many series, too many too many different different rules for this, different rules for that, different way they do points, different way they do times. I mean, it's just we need a standard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I very much agree with that. I think that that's a really wise decision. And if, if any racers go back and listen to this, jump on board. Find whoever, who, reach out to Anthony, get the information. Whoever is doing this, you need to support it because it helps you more than it helps literally uh, anyone else. So uh, it's very, very exciting to say the least. But uh, what else are you going to do in terms of, uh, you know, with the car? What's the future for the car?
1: So, I don't really know. I just know I couldn't sell it. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I know I love
1: rock bouncing. Yeah. And this was the, like, I put my, I actually talked to uh, four or five people, and we might not be able to make the best rock bouncer out of it, but we can make a pretty decent one out of it. So, that's mm-hmm. what we kind of went with. Maybe this winter I'll tear it down and build a new one. I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, we'll see how it works out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that there's any more upgrades? I mean, you mentioned horsepower earlier, but is there anything else that's glaringly you know, staring you in the face that you'd like to change?
1: I've got 35-spine interaxles in the front and uh, staying over at Branix working on my 40s right now. Very nice. So I was a little leery of them staying together. Uh, John Campbell had a smoking run going, and that, he ended up breaking a 35-spine axle. We're just overpowering for a 35, and I was, I was hoping mine held together, and they, they did if Johns wouldn't have broke, he would have probably got second. I mean, wow. he was on the mission.
0: Yeah. Uh, what do you think about uh, Bobby this weekend? Going wild, man. Pulling the, pulling monster truck moves out. I hadn't seen anything like that in rock bouncing in a long time.
1: Bobby kind of saved me maybe. Uh, so, late <laughs> entries, the, way, the way they run late entries in SRS is whoever drew number one gets the pick, whether they go before him or they go at the back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, me and Bobby were kind of joking, and he's like, I'm gonna let you go first so you can show me the line. And I'm like, Bobby, you're the guy, you show me the line. And he ended up putting us at the back of the pack, which probably saved me. Um, <laughs> so I got to watch some other people make well, I got to watch everybody run, yeah, where I had to run, but uh, yeah, uh, he's wild, man. You can count on him for a show every time,
0: dude. He, I, I don't, I mean, he broke both axle housings, everything. That's that's you know, you're saying there's a race every weekend. Bobby is normally at you know many of these races. Uh, that's a not only an expensive bill, but that's a that's a lot of time you got to put in between that, this weekend and next weekend. Yep. Uh, is there any races that you're going to be in attendance at that you you know may not be racing at, or is there you know you said the schedules kind of open? But are you going to be there? You're not going to race. You're going to race every time you can. How's that look for you?
1: I'm not a good spectator no you are not (laughs) typically uh i mean i've been to a few races without a car yeah but i end up on the hill or i end up somewhere or i i just can't spectate it drives me nuts yeah i I either got to be involved or racing so i would say if we're at a race we'll be racing
0: cool uh let's talk about
1: june 27th outlaw race flat nasty for sure and i believe there's a july 23rd i think it is for pro rocket mid-america Yes. For sure. And Race to Riches for sure. Other than that,
0: nothing. Nothing on. You- nothing wrote down. What do you think about Mid-America? It seems to be the staple for the central uh, the central area. It's a- Apparently, from what I'm hearing, it's like the best part possible. What are your thoughts?
1: Yes. I, I would agree <laughs> with that.
0: What makes it so that. good?
1: Um, it's more what you would expect of like, say, like a NASCAR type race. You pull in, it's got marked out campsites. Everything's gravelled. It's got a pavilion. It's got a pool. It's got free beer.
0: It's whoa. got whoa. I mean, Hold up. Pause. <laughs> mask- <laughs> Wait. How do they? How do they swing free beer?
1: Uh, just it's, it's in your entry fee, and it's free beer all weekend. <laughs> uh, full size bar. Uh, really nice shower house. RV hookups everywhere. I mean. It's it's an amazing place. It really is. And the owners the owner's just the stand-up guy. Yeah. Like the, the last race, the Arbo race we went to, they wasn't supposed to be a bounty hill. That was just Jay Storks giving him some crap. And he's like, All right, I got some money. And he whipped it out and he said, we're doing a bounty hill.
0: Wow. That's pretty That cool. wasn't
1: in the plan at all.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. It's
1: super cool people. Uh, they had a really nice lake. They actually drained the lake down to a smaller lake so they could put a short course around it. It's it's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I watched that. This I think it was two weekends ago maybe. Uh the short course race they had there. Dude, that's so cool. And also the 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 risk. I mean, if you're bumping shoulders just at the right time, your car is going in the water, man. That is like got my there was a little uh I think it's Eagle Eye Productions, uh, a little drone that was hovering over them during the race. Oh, it was awesome, man. That yeah. is what I want to see when it comes to, you know, these guys who are doing the endurance racing. Uh I'm not saying you have to have a drone, but like parks like Mid America, dude, that is awesome for the racing. Texplex is the same way.
1: Yeah, uh, they they say there's some pretty good trails there. I we didn't go trail riding there because well they had free beer, so we never dude. left the camp
0: area. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's dangerous. I'll tell you that. That is just like crazy that they would offer that. Uh, I'm in full support, however. Uh, but one more thing. Oh man, I'm losing my mind. He started talking about free beer, and I lose all my train of thought here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. I can't remember. Oh, uh, RS one. Are you gonna do any kind of endurance? Any kind of? I don't know if they're doing Titan Series this year, or are you gonna do any of those Mid America? Uh, are you gonna do any of that in the RS one before King of Hammers?
1: I don't know. That depends on the trailer. Uh, we sold our old race trailer, and I bought a new one. And uh, before I take it anywhere, it will have a bathroom in it, and that ain't done yet. So, okay. And I don't have another trailer big enough to haul too. So gotcha. until that trailer's done it's a solo show at every race but oh, i i would like to i would like to potentially take that rs1 to outlaw next next month just because yeah. it's a, it'll be more of a, a really short endurance type course it'll favor yeah. it a little bit so
0: yeah yeah absolutely i know I, I don't remember if it was flat nasty that they did the race at earlier this year i know a couple guys it looked like it was very similar to the side-by-side bouncer course where they ran two guys at one time and yep. they looked like they went up the hill and down the hill. That looks so much fun. And all the guys, you know, let me explain something. When I went riding and I went riding a couple of times in the RS1 and, you know, I'm, I'm planning building the endurance car. Everyone's well aware of that. Uh, everybody I talked to, Oh, I can't afford to do endurance, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, go race an outlaw race because that style of endurance. I mean, yeah, you have it all jam packed into one, But you really don't have to hold your car. That It's the middle ground between the super long endurance and the the bounty. And that sounds like the most fun to me. Oh, yeah.
1: It'll give you a little bit of a taste of it without making you wish you didn't enter a four-hour race.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes, I completely agree. But uh, that being said, and kind of the last thing I want to talk to you about is King of Hammers 2021. You're trying to do it in RS1. You're trying to be the first one to complete it in a single seat. Is that correct? that's right that's the plan okay what well, obviously i'm very familiar with the car what adjustments do you think you need to make uh, how are you going to get a spare on there are you going to carry a spare what are what are you going to do i don't know <laughs> <not that laughs> perfect
1: it, it'll probably have uh yeah I, I guarantee it'll have motor race tires probably uh 33.
0: okay that's and, big and, um, i don't know that's probably about
1: it uh i'll get with the uh, probably George at double E racing. He's, uh, mm-hmm. he's got a couple RS ones he's working with doing desert races. Mm-hmm. So he's got a good idea. I mean, cause that's not something you normally see is the RS one in the desert. Yeah. So he's, I think he's about the only one in the country kind of dealing with them right now. Mm-hmm. So he should be able to get me pretty close and mm-hmm. he should be on the lake bed. So if we Would need you... to tweak some stuff, we can. So you really have that's any... about it. I mean, I'm going to you... leave her the way she, she's tried and true, uh, sure. put some bigger tires on it and uh, redo the shocks and go yeah. see what she's got
0: now let me ask you this would you be opposed to making it 72 inches by putting like a HCR long travel kit on there
1: no, no? I actually uh, I like the skinnier car out there to be honest if I was going to do anything I would stretch the frame a little bit how uh, long? if I was going to change it I'd add about 5-6 inches in there would that, put it,
0: would that put it back at a regular XP platform? It'd
1: pretty, yeah, it would be right at an XP platform
0: cool yeah, I know. Uh, I think one of the coolest things that I've seen is uh, there's a couple of guys who've taken their Turbo S's and added, I think, like seven or eight inches in there, kind of putting it right between a four and a two seater. Uh, and those cars, man, that's just uh, not only an it looks I've never been in one. It looks like it handles really well, but it looks like it uh, just performs really well, too. I would be yes. very curious to see an extended RS1, uh, how it managed, because I think you're right. It that, That's really what it needs to be able to handle those long climbs.
1: Well, I mean, really, I think for the rocks, that's the perfect car. Mm -hmm. I think I could go out there and really make them guys jealous in the rocks, but the desert, it wouldn't do very well in the desert.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: just getting like stomped every single, uh, every single loop. Okay. And
1: that's the only reason to go such a big tire is let the tires take some of the hit too. Yeah. I mean, uh, you don't necessarily need to run a tall tire out there, even for the rocks, it's just everywhere it helps it, it's like a secondary suspension almost sure when you got a bunch of sidewall so that that would be the only reason to run a real real tall tire on it but
0: okay okay well i like it uh with that i mean is there anything else you want to talk about i think we pretty much covered everything uh i thought about
1: no i think that's it i mean uh just check me out on instagram or facebook at no respect racing uh we've always got something wild and crazy we just uh, accidentally set a jeep on fire there a couple of weeks ago out trail riding so Let's talk about We're that. always doing something that's something that's either good or bad, but either way, we try to put it up and share with everybody. So
0: let me ask you about the cheap race. Uh did you walk away with the uh the win at the cheap car race?
1: Oh yeah, the four cylinder racing. Yeah. yeah, that's, uh, yeah that, that that's right down the road here. Uh old employer of mine. We kind of got together and he's got a hay field that he wasn't making very much money off of in hay and He had an old beater car that they beat around there one night and then we turned it into, well, what about a couple cars? And, uh, we just had one three weeks ago. Yep. It'd be our third race there that we actually like had a race race, Mm -hmm. uh, 21 cars and they're all all four cylinders, all two wheel drive. Good time.
0: Yeah. I thought the
1: entry fee, I mean, the idea is to keep it cheap and fun. So we got like, if the car wins, anybody that entered the race can buy that car for 600 bucks, like a claim rule to try <laughs> to just keep it cheap, to keep yeah. people from spending too much money on their car. But, uh, I just bought an old Cavalier five speed and it stayed the, the most important parts is to get it to stay together because it's pretty crazy. We had 21 people. So one person got a buy and then we put 20 chips in a hat, half of them red and half of them black. And you randomly draw out the hat and your reds, the inside lane blacks the outside. And then, uh, double elimination so even if you lose your first race you're not out you could fight your way all the way back and win so once once we get down to so many everybody goes back in the hat and we draw again and tell tell everybody but one person's lost twice so,
0: dude that, that's amazing uh i i mean for the for the amount of money you have invested it sounds like way amount like way 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 a ton of fun that's really exciting
1: so we got so we got it got a little wild uh we were gonna buy a water truck because last year it got real dry and dusty. But mm-hmm. it was supposed to rain all week, and all it was actually supposed to rain all day. The race today. so we didn't buy a water truck. Well, it didn't rain, and the track yeah. got pretty dry. Uh, there was a few. Uh, there was quite a few bicycles. Uh, one on its top. One completely rolled over. Uh, ram has got some pretty good footage. He ought to be. Uh, yeah, he should have probably got it yesterday or the day before. Nice. So give him time to edit it, and it'll be up on Mad Ram. But for 350 bucks, is what I gave for my car. I mean, a whole day of fun. Yeah. That might sound expensive to a lot of people, but compared to the $700 tire back there, it's pretty cheap.
0: Yeah. That's that's one thing that I, I really like, man, people just don't understand that you go out and, I mean, for the full size, it is magnitudes larger, but even even UTVs, you go out, you slash two tires, you're out five, six hundred bucks. And if you've been to Wheel, it's another, you know, 150 bucks. It's just crazy how it all pans out. So 350 is really not that much uh if you, and had, then you
1: can take it to the junkyard if you when you're done with it <laughs>
0: that's true that's true i'll see now i gotta ask too because you guys went hill climbing in the cheap jeeps uh obviously yours didn't make it out of the woods what were y'all doing out there what was the point i mean you almost climbed the hill like it was almost well, so that that's down there at
1: the larry crog's place the crog compound mm-hmm. and uh they were actually just doing a ride and my this car was not done yet mm-hmm. so i bought this jeep over the winter I get 500 bucks for that Cherokee just to, we we had $500 worth of fun in it at the house, just bombing around the racetrack. Yeah. So I loaded it up. It had a, a very slight fuel leak. Eh, whatever. We loaded it up anyway. And it was fun until I tried climbing that hill and evidently it folded the exhaust under and right underneath the gas tank
2: where Ooh. it was leaking. Yeah. So
1: that was actually a bounty hill and that Jeep probably shouldn't have been on it, but Agreed. we've tried it anyway.
0: Great! Yeah. I was, I was worried. I was worried worried about you. I was worried about you rolling backwards. As soon as I saw it, I said, I know this guy, he's probably got a helmet on, but he probably has nothing else but you know, an over the, over the shoulder seatbelt. And uh, I was worried. And then the next thing I know you're rolling backwards and you got, you know, 15 foot flames coming out the back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I, uh, I envy that level of, of, uh, I don't know the right word. I envy that level of confidence.
1: <laughs> well, I'm still not getting in a UTV in the 4400 class.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, re- re- real quick, because then, you know, we're going to wrap things up here in a second. But um, everyone I've talked to has kind of given me the I probably wouldn't do it myself, but it's great that he did it. I am of the school. If you give someone a, you know, if you, we we don't, we don't, we don't let people shoot themselves. You know, we don't let people shoot themselves. We don't let people go stand.
1: Nobody ever told me that.
0: Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We don't let people stand in the middle of traffic. Why would you let, I mean, look, I understand you can build a chassis. You can have the world's best chassis builder build you a chassis. That 4,400 car coming up behind you, either pushing you off a rock face that you don't need to be going off of or coming at coming up on you at speed doesn't see you. Whatever it may be, that's your life, and that car is not gonna the, just physics heavy, not so heavy smash heavy wins every time. I just I don't I don't understand the logic.
1: Okay, so back to your intimidator car. Yes, is he
0: allowed in the four
1: thousand four hundred.
0: Apparently not, <laughs> but I don't. I'm I mean, just saying, I, it's
1: an unlimited class. I mean, if a guy wants to build a cage around a dirt bike and he wants to run it, I ain't got a problem with that. Let him do it. I guess it's not going to be me.
0: Yeah, I I guess and I agree. But I I think at some point, let me ask you this why does the Intimidator, it it did not qualify for 4,400 spec, did it?
1: Yeah, that's what he raced. He raced it in 4,400. Okay, he did. Okay, I don't know. It won't qualify for side by side. Okay, that's what it was. It's a GM production engine.
0: Okay, that was my mistake. Okay, I was for some reason I thought that there was some kind of safety regulation as to why he couldn't race in the forty four hundred, and I was like, "You guys are insane! What <laughs> What do you mean?" Uh, no, he okay.
1: he raced in the forty four. He can't race anything else. So.
0: Okay, that's what
1: for I that's my. There's a whole bunch of other rules, but yeah, forty four hundred. All that car is good for. It, so.
0: Yeah. What? How nobody, did he do? nobody?
1: That's. I don't know if here. Here's my theory on it. If Miller would have finished. Well, whoever the last person across the line is, I don't know. If he'd have finished mm. 31st, you'd have never heard as much shit about it as what you're hearing now because he did good. So now everybody wants to complain about it. That's my theory. I get it. An unlimited class. He fits the rules. He did awesome.
0: Congratulations. Yes, yeah. yeah. I agree with uh, you.
1: If, if I would have been racing in the 4400 car out there, it wouldn't have bothered me a bit. If he'd have been in the way, he'd have got treated just like a 4400 car because he entered the 4400 class.
0: I get it. I get it. I I mean to me that makes sense. And and again from the just from the perspective of a of a fan, I just don't I get it, man. You want to prove a point. It doesn't,
1: yeah. sound, it doesn't sound to me like he was in too many people's way though. I I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see. We'll just we'll close that book and come back to it another time. Gotcha. Uh,
1: the capabilities to me are pretty equal.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that'll, that.
1: That'll 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 ruffle some feathers too, but in all honesty the capabilities of a a fully built side-by-side maybe not there's there's a few there's like a top 15 out there that a side-by-side is never going to touch yeah but an older 4400 build like that a side-by-side is just as capable in my opinion
0: that's crazy you know it's just crazy because of the just the technology uh let me ask you this because you 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 know sometimes have your hands in these matters to some degree uh, Polaris and Can Am, what what comes next? I mean, we'll start with Polaris. What what do they do next? What do they need to do next? Because obviously the Pro XP was a flop, uh, marketing wise at least. I think it's a great car. I've been in it, love it. it. Does great, amazing. It flopped marketing. Why? What do they What do they need to do?
1: I don't know. It. it that, to me, there ought to be like a R. Everything ought to be an R. There's a here's your race machine, and here's everything else to me marketing wise that would make more sense cuz they're going to sell less race machines but every car out there's knocking on 30,000 now that's more than a lot of people's houses yeah that's, that's crazy
0: well it's the same debate that you know Ian brought up where he's like you know you you spend so much money to have a side by side that's very capable and he I think he used his his LJ that he's building on this Motor Trend show and he's got maybe 15 in it all said and done buttoned up and ready to go And he's like, I can climb every trail I need to and have every weekend of fun. And that's what, you know, I would say 90%, 95% of UTV owners, that's what they do. And the ticket is, you know, vastly different. And I realize the experiences are different, but I don't, I mean, I just, I don't know where the side-by-side market goes because as of right now, the performance and the technology goes up, but so does the price where we're seeing, you know, I I have an XP 1000. I am, a, I am destroying that transmission every single time I go ride. And it's just like, okay, I, my base model is is almost junk because I have a junk transmission that I'm going to have to change out, which isn't worth me changing out because I've got to put turbo clutches, turbo trans and all this. And the next thing I know I'm already at 25,000, 30,000 for a car that started at 10. And it, it's just, yep. you know, I don't, I don't know what the answer is necessarily.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think the, the, the next step is somehow they've got to beat or get rid of the 999 CC rule. Mm-hmm. So
0: Now, they only do that because of California state law, correct?
1: Yeah, it's falling off in the ocean anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Well, yeah, you hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a really good race out there once a year, though. Everybody in California, I uh, thoroughly enjoy that you listen to the show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Yeah, I, I get it. And I don't know. I mean, it just kind of seems silly that, you know, you limit the market by just that one regulation, but I get it. I mean, I get it. It all makes sense. But then you talk about Polaris, you talk about the pro XP again, an excellent car kind of flopped in the marketing area. You, you, you hit the double edge of the other, or the other side of the sword and you have the can-am and it's just lightning fast with a paper thin frame, you know, uh, that's the real knock on it is, you know, you got to immediately tear the car down, put gussets and everything. And, you know, then you have something that I guess is better. But is it better? I mean, is that better? Is that what we want? Do we want something fast like that? Is Like, where are we going is my question. What are we building? I don't for?
1: know. Like, like take the new Kawasaki. The mm-hmm. thing is heavy. It's built right. Uh, it's got some really cool clutch set on it. But it's almost the size of a Jeep Cherokee. Go buy a $500 <laughs> Jeep Cherokee.
0: yeah and it's it's so funny because i actually personally have sat in one you know got a chance to just piddle it around a parking lot i think they're awesome machines and then you go back and you do you exactly what you just said you go okay this machine's twenty thousand dollars i can go have a jeep cherokee that's almost the exact same thing for 500 and get you know i get one good weekend out of it but you know just the, the the price and and all of these things that just i don't know i'm 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 starting to sympathize with those, you know. You you get blinders when you buy these machines because you're like, Oh, I have to put an extra 10 grand in it. Oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And you know, and oh, it's only 15 grand. Oh, it's not that bad. And the next thing you know, you're like, I've spent 40, and that's outrageous. When you take yourself outside the situation, it's outrageous the amount of money you spend on UTVs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, everybody always asks me, like, what 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 would you buy? What would you do this? What would you do that? It depends on what you want to do. I mean, yeah. Me if you, if you want to race right now, unfortunately, Can-Am's where it's at. I mean, if you want yeah, to be it's... a really really aggressive trail rider, Can-Am's where it's at. If you yeah. just want to go have fun, get a Kawasaki that drives amazing or a Honda that has got gears or there's no reason to buy a $30,000 car if you're not going to use what it's meant to do anyway.
0: That's my Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the car behind me, although it's got a transmission that's gonna, you know, blow into a million pieces, uh, it's great. It's great, it's perfect. You know, if, if there was some way that they could reduce it further and make the entry price lower, maybe that's even better. But I again, if you're gonna go trail ride, I agree with you. I don't you don't need the thirty thousand dollar addition. You need the, you know, the stock, the XP base model, the turbo base model. If it was me and you got my perspective on it, go get you a base model turbo and be done with it. And, and that's I think we talked mean. about
1: this before too. That's why the RS. That's why I'm in love with that RS1. Yeah,
0: tell me, tell me about the RS1. Well,
1: I mean, we talked about it on the last one, I think. But the platform has all the turbo parts without the turbo horsepower. It's the most reliable car that the players ever made.
0: That's true. It's true, so, Yeah. And well, it's fast enough
1: to win races because it doesn't break. You don't have. You don't have to put all this extra crap on it to make it last through the race because it's got 200 horse. It's still yeah. only got 115 horse but it's it's nimble so oh yeah. in my opinion it's still a cool little car and uh old gray hair racing jamie mccoy if you're
0: listening I'm, i'll make it to one race with it <laughs> that's awesome i know he'll uh, i know he'll be looking forward to it um but we got a little bit off in the weeds there which is always good on the show always fine with that <laughs> um anything else that we didn't hit anybody you need to say thanks to any sponsors anything like that
1: i mean um I got a ton of compliments over that motor, which I, I, I think the sound just, uh, I don't even know how to put it. The sound makes it sound more than what it is. Sure. So Show Me Speed hurried up and built that for me last year because I was in a pinch. I blew a motor up and needed one. And uh, we didn't go for extreme horsepower because it was built to run long distance. So that's got a stock intake, basically stock heads. So there's room for improvement there. So I think that might definitely be something that's happened here pretty soon. We'll do some head work to it and, uh, put a nice intake, probably get a little more horsepower out of it. But, uh, so I, am thinking that, uh, we're either going to do that or we're going to change the pistons out and follow suit with everybody else put a big old nasty blower on it. So I'll be talking to show me speed here pretty soon about that. We got to figure
0: something out. That's uh, nice.
1: All these golly. These, all, I, I leave for two years and I come back and everybody's got a thousand plus horsepower.
0: Dude, it's crazy. crazy. It is crazy.
1: I don't, I don't uh, know what
0: happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, hey, again, I, I'm a. We talked about Gold Rush. I'm waiting for 1600 horsepower to let me see the beast. You know, let me see it un-unblocked. Un, you know, I don't want to use the word excuse, but no, no accidents. Let me see what it's got. Let me see where it comes from. Um, gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, anyways, sorry I interrupted. You may continue. <laughs> no,
1: I'll just. No, that's. Show me speed. I'll be, I'll be dealing with them here pretty soon. And then uh, Mickey, uh, we're, we're trying this new tire out. And so far, so good. I, I think the next race, Flat Nasty, it's re, it's really going to do well at Flat Nasty, mm-hmm. I, I think. So I got high hopes for that. Brannick, um, that, that sway bar, I'm telling you, is a, the best thing I've ever done to that car. So I'm, I'm super cool. happy about that. I've got some axles coming from him, too, the, where I don't have to worry about feathering the gas near as much. So like if it lands on the front end, I don't I don't have to let out. So, I'll, I'll be extremely happy when that happens. And Ballistic Fab, they've been with me for quite a while. Uh, they sent me everything I needed to redo the rear ends, uh, gussets, sway bar links, himes. I mean, they, it's a one-stop shop. If you're building something, they got everything. Cool. So, And they're, they're always running fantastic sales for every holiday. If, if it's a holiday, I can guarantee they're having a sale. Uh, they, they really support like Memorial Day and stuff. Um, That's about it for the big car. I mean... We're just just playing. Just just playing.
0: Absolutely. Well, with that, we'll take it. We'll end it. Anthony, thanks for being on the show. No respect racing on the show again. Good luck the rest of the season, and uh, we'll close it out here.
1: That, thanks, sir. And uh, don't forget to check us out on uh, Facebook and Instagram. No respect Sounds racing. Good.
0: Later. And it was brought to you by Super Grip. ATV tires, the infamous K9. Uh, The more tires they get in, the faster they go off the shelf. So if you have a set, consider yourself lucky. If you're like me, I've had a set for a little while, I run the standard compound Kevlar option, which is the toughest tire on the market. I've put it through its paces, and let me tell you, the tire is an anomaly. Every single time I think it will have issues, every single time I expect it to lose traction, it surprises me over and over again. One thing that's really unique, and I say it every single episode just about, is the standard compound isn't the softest tire in the entire world. It's definitely not the most firm. There are plenty of other tires out there that have harder rubber, but it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I would air more towards the firm side. However, when you really air them down, you get them going, uh, they don't slip. They act like a sticky tire. It truly is something... To behold, uh, you get them spinning just a little bit, and anything loose, and they act like a very, very soft tire. But on rocks, however, the one-inch tread depths and eight-ply sidewalls allow you to run extremely low air pressure, uh, and have an it's like having your hand grab the rock and throw your car over the, you know, over the obstacle. It truly is amazing. Um, when I'm on rocks, when I'm on ledges and things like that combined with a little bit of momentum, I barely even slip a tire. Supergrip ATV K9 tires will be my choice tire for the remainder of my UTV career. I will tell you this right here. Um, if you cannot afford the Kevlar option, which I, is my high recommendation, uh, then I would recommend that you choose the regular radial belt, um, nylon belt uh, option there. Excellent tire and an excellent company to deal with. The hardest part is getting your, set, getting your hands on a set. And as the world continues to go back to normal, you'll find that they come back in stock. Super Grip ATV K9s available in a 27, 30, 32, and 35 should be available right now at your favorite retailer. And if they're sold out, there's more shipments coming soon. Excuse me. Another sponsor of our show is Dynojet Research, Inc. DinoJet sent me a Power Vision 3 tuner. I want to do some highlights about that because not only did it give me more horsepower, it gave me better shift points, it gave me better fuel economy, but it also allowed me to write my own tune. The cool thing about it is you can essentially data log your machine. So I've taken it on a couple rides. I have the data logging option on. I've hooked it up to my computer just to see all of the you know, software, mechanical side of everything that's happening, if I wanted more power in a certain band of the power range, if I wanted to make an adjustment, they have open software, or excuse me, open source software for you to customize tunes. And even if you're not interested in doing that yourself, you can always reach out to Dynojet, tell them what you want, change the shift points, more power at the low end of the pedal, whatever it may be, you can request it from DinoJet and they'll make the adjustments and then soon send a tune back to you and get you squared away. DinoJet Research Inc. on uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can always reach out to DinoJet Matt. He's an excellent representative of that company and he will have all the answers that you need. DinoJet Research Inc., proud to have them on the show. The third sponsor is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has been with us since the very beginning. They have light bars, light pods, whips, wheel rings, rock lights. Uh, mirrors with lights in them, I mean, I don't really know everything they have in terms of lighting solutions, but they've got it if you need it. Um, one really, th- one thing that's really neat about the company is obviously their 25 year, you break it, they fix it warranty, even covering accidental damage. But um, they now carry their own version of the Switch Pro's switch panel. Um, this is something if you're like me, I haven't necessarily run out of real estate yet on my dash to wire up buttons but I have a bit of a cluster mess on my uh, relays or my accessory relay or my accessory terminal, my power terminals. Uh, It's not out of hand by any means, but it's definitely precarious. It's getting a little out of hand. It's getting a little wild. So the situation has presumed itself to where I need a, uh, a, a, a box that's gonna do all of the wiring basically for me. Uh, what Infinite Offroad has done is they've come up with their own version that now is a much more reasonable price, always backed by that 25-year warranty. Um, very glad to have Infinite Offroad on as a sponsor, and they're glad to be on the show as well. They echo their happiness with the show with a 10% off the entire website coupon. Uh, code word ROCKS at checkout, R-O-C-K-S, uh, will give you 10% off the entire website and I highly recommend you check them out and highly recommend you use that. Share that coupon code with your friends, do whatever you need to do, infiniteoffroad.com. Also, not to mention, all things UTV. Everything for your UTV that wasn't mentioned already, all things UTV can carry it. They're actually where I prefer to get my tires and wheels Um, Their inner fender liners are custom made in-house. They basically protect uh, the vehicle from any foreign objects that may be entering the vehicle. Um, it's, It's great. It really, really, really is, is an excellent people to deal with in terms of shipping time, customer service, availability. They have everything you need, as well as they are home of the Razer Aid Tender Spring Upgrade. That Tender Spring Upgrade is the one of the very first things that you should do to your car to get some of that usable suspension back out of your dual rate system. It eliminates the collapsed tender that's currently on your vehicle and really livens up the suspension and gives you an 80% ride improvement quality i would highly recommend you check out all things utv on facebook and instagram allthingsutv.com all right bills are paid Anthony Yant from No Respect Racing is in the house today, and let me tell you, he dropped some bombs. So I'm just going to let it roll, and he puts some good information out there, probably some information he shouldn't have said. So uh, a lot of really cool things coming for the future of all UTV and rock balancing, just really cool stuff coming. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Yant.